Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Do planets have to go around stars? This is a stellar question, and the answer is no, they don't. We are used to planets going around stars because that's our solar system, right? The Earth orbits around the sun, and most of the other planets that we are familiar with orbit around the sun. But it turns out there's a kind of planet that we call a rogue planet that doesn't orbit its own star. It just orbits freely in the galaxy. Just like stars are going around the center of the galaxy, these planets go around the center of the galaxy. And there are some other names that you might hear for a rogue planet. Sometimes you will hear them called orphaned planets unbound planets, free-floating planets. Sometimes they're even called sub-brown dwarfs. And, you know, there's probably some more names that I missed there, too. There's a lot of names for them because we're just starting to figure out what they are. So how do we know when we spot something in space that it's a planet and not a star or an asteroid or something else like that? So let's step back for a moment and think about what is a planet? Well, in planetary science, planets are objects that have enough mass that gravity pulls them into a ball shape. Now, what's so special about being round or a ball? And kind of, it doesn't have to be perfect, but, you know, ball-ish shaped. It's not as much that it is a circle that, or a sphere that's important. It's that when something has enough mass, when it's made of enough stuff that gravity can crush it, can pull it into the shape of a ball, that something else really important is happening. There's enough mass that all of that weight can squish the material inside the planet and can make it behave differently can change the states of matter inside of that planet. Now, you might have seen pictures of what we think the inside of Earth looks like. We think it's kind of like an egg, right? Where there's the center, the core, where it's really, really hot. And then we have the mantle, that middle section where we have rock that is also very hot, but not quite as hot as the center, that is moving slowly. It's moving up, and then it's giving off some of its heat and sinking back down. We have this convection, this cycling that's happening. And then there's up here at the top where we live, the crust. So it's kind of like the yolk, the whites, and the shell on an egg. Well, this layering... This differentiation can happen because Earth is made of enough stuff that gravity can squeeze the center and make the center behave different than the surface. And this is what makes something really a planet compared to an asteroid, which is just a big lumpy rock in space. It doesn't have this layering and this movement happening on the inside. So when we look at a planet from the outside, 
sometimes it might look very still. Let's say we're looking at Mars from the outside. It looks like Mars is this very still dead surface. But inside the planet, there is heat. There's hot and cold areas. It's moving around the rocks. Now, slowly compared to human life, but the rocks are moving about. There's probably magma still deep inside the planet. And when we look at other planets that aren't solid, like the terrestrial planets or the dwarf planets, we look at, say, Jupiter or Saturn that are made of gases. Those gases are also in layers, and we have the gases and the fluids moving around, swirling around inside of planets is very active and dynamic, even if they look still from the outside. All right, so that's the first thing in planetary science that we look for to see if something is a planet. Does it have enough mass that it has this movement inside, that it's become a sphere that tells us there's all of that heat moving around? Now, the second thing is it can't get too hot on the inside because if something is really, really massive, way, way, way bigger than a planet, it becomes a star. So that happens when there's so much mass crushing down that the center becomes so hot that the atoms, the things that make up the star, get smashed together to form heavier and heavier elements and to release energy out and shine like a star. So if we've got this really big round object that isn't quite massive enough to become a star, then we think of it as a planet. <laughs> so in our own system, we've got a lot of planets, but we're finding out that, wow, out there beyond the solar system, there's lots and lots more planets. We have found thousands of planets. Anything beyond our solar system, we call that an exoplanet. So we've found thousands of exoplanets, but we think that there's probably hundreds of billions, if not even trillions of planets in the Milky Way galaxy alone, let alone all of those other galaxies. That's a lot of planets. Now, how do planets form? Well, we're still learning a lot about this because this process takes a really long time. For a planet to form, it takes a lot longer than one human life. So we can't watch the process from start to finish, but we can put lots of clues together about what we observe and what we see with our telescopes and what we can figure out with math. So there's two different ways that we think that planets might form. Now, the first is if kind of like how a star forms, if there's a big, big cloud of material of gas and dust and gravity squooshes it together, pulls it together, it can make a planet. This is how we think probably the giant planets like Jupiter and Saturn formed, is that there was material gravity squeezed it together and it pulled it into the shape of a ball, but there wasn't quite enough for it to become star. So it just became a planet instead. So that's one way. Now, smaller planets like the rocky planets like Earth or dwarf planets like Pluto or Makemake, we think that they form from little tiny bits of pieces coming together in a process we call accretion. So if you can imagine a few little rocks bumping into each other and sticking together, and then that rock bumping into another rock, and over time, it starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. 
So it's this bottoms up. Planets form, little planets like Earth, form from small things into bigger and bigger things. Where we think the giant planets like Jupiter start from something really big that gets squished into something like a planet. So rogue planets could maybe form in either of these ways depending on what kind of planet they are. So some planets without stars could be big gas planets like Saturn. And some planets that don't have stars could be little rocky metallic planets like Mercury. Now, if they formed from a cloud of gas and dust, they could have formed without ever having a star in the first place. So we see areas in space that we call stellar nurseries. You can actually see one of these with your own eye in the constellation of Orion, right under those three stars, which are Orion's belt. It kind of looks like he's a little sword hanging down. And if you look right there, there's a sort of fuzzy spot. At first, it looks like a fuzzy star. But if you look more carefully, you see, oh, that's not a star. And if you use a telescope or some binoculars, you can see the shape to it. That Orion Nebula is where there are lots of new stars being formed. And maybe there are lots of rogue planets forming there too, where from those that material, they clump and form into these planets and never have a star. The other possibility though, is that rogue planets, some rogue planets might form around stars, like say Earth did or like Neptune did in the solar system. And that over time, the orbit of that planet as it was going around and around its star, it got tugged on by other planets and by nearby passing stars and the gravity from those other planets and the gravity from those other stars adjusted its orbit, squeezed, pulled on its orbit enough that over time it broke loose and flew out of its solar system, losing its star to go and orbit around in the galaxy freely. So we've only just started detecting these. The challenge for us is, well, how do we find these rogue planets? Because normally we find exoplanets, planets beyond our solar system, by looking at the star that they orbit and getting clues from that star as to whether there's a planet around it or not. But if these planets don't have stars, we can't look at the parent star because there is no parent star. So we use a few different techniques. Now, the main one that we do is luck, where we look at stars in the distance and we wait to see if something passes between us and that star. And we can figure out how big that thing was. And that can help us to figure out, oh, well, was it just a, a passing space rock? Was it a rogue planet or was it a brown dwarf? Brown dwarfs are kind of in between planets and stars. They do a little bit of fusion, but they don't really do a lot of fusion. So they're not really a planet, but they're not really a full star yet. And so we look for brown dwarfs that way. We can also look for how the planet might change the light of things behind it when it passes in front of it with something called gravitational lensing that happens, this little micro lensing. And the other way that we can look for planets is that if a planet is very young for a planet, planets live a lot longer than people. So if the planet is only a few million years old, 
I know, that sounds really, really old to us, but to a planet, that's a baby, that's a super, super baby planet. But if it's only a few million years old, then it will still be very hot from when it formed, which means it may be glowing and giving off a lot of infrared light. And so we can use telescopes that are able to see that infrared light and look for them and see if we can find them. And we certainly have found some that way. Now, what we keep finding is that there's a lot of them. And we don't know how many rogue planets there are out there orbiting in the galaxy. Some scientists think maybe there's a few rogue planets, maybe three or four for every star in the galaxy. And other estimates think that maybe there's a lot more. Maybe there are hundreds of rogue planets for every star there is in our galaxy. And that is a lot of rogue planets. So thank you for asking this wonderful question about whether planets need stars or not. And thank you everyone for joining us here on the podcast, learning about space and science together. If you've got questions or topics that you'd like to learn about, that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, please have your grown-ups send that in to the email in the description. And as always, my friends, I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.